0: Stadium
1: is second to nine. And the raid breaks out in Columbia. It is
0: good! Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes, now, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. go, Carolina! It's gone! Touchdown. touchdown! What a hit! He makes it in! Can you believe it? Gamecocks have won this game!
2: Here are your hosts, J.C. Shermer right,
3: Watch him
2: celebrate now! Phil
4: My wife doesn't like hanging around losers. And Jamie Bradford. I'm tell you, you look like you joined oh, damn it, dude.
3: <sighs> it's a power duo Monday here on Inside the Gamecocks. The show. I'm JC Sherbert. He's Phil Molinex. hope everyone had a nice Easter weekend. I know the weather was not nice on Saturday. Hopefully Sunday it kind of was a little bit better. Uh, the Masters did get completed. <laughs> I, uh, <clears throat> you know, the baseball series, unfortunately, uh, did not. But we'll talk about uh, the baseball team with um, <clears throat> John Whittle coming up here pretty soon uh, at, uh, I think, 1120. And there's Phil's cat. Where? Where? And I, I thought about putting the turtle behind me as like the backdrop, you know, yeah, she's Like Yeah. Right. stick her head up and, you know, she doesn't like me too much. Yeah. She's looking at me right now. Where's my food? I'm like, Where's ah, yeah. big Lizzie's woken up from hibernation and she's hungry.
2: Uh-huh. She's
3: hangry. Big Lizzie's hangry uh, today. Uh, that's uh, hangry is a, a term that I've uh, become accustomed to hearing. <laughs> being in a monogamous relationship you fellas know what I'm talking about I'm not hungry right now, five minutes later I'm starving, oh can't you tell I'm starving <laughs> anyway uh, thanks to Rodney Carrington for that one, can't you see I'm starving, anyway uh, the show is uh, presented by Express Sunrooms of Columbia you are in the Cinerama Studios uh, if you look around uh, Founders Park, Cinerama's work is well on display uh, all across uh, the campus of the University of South Carolina. They're, they're the official sign partner, and they do the studios for us right here. Proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. We want to thank those guys. Also, Cindy Bass, Sirfoss, 864-414-5271. In my hometown of Spartanburg, if you need realtors, uh, any kind of real estate, she can handle it for you. You all know, We all know Cindy. We all love Cindy, uh, and we certainly thank her for sponsoring the first hour of the show, the exclusive first-hour sponsor of That's Vincent, right. the Gamecocks, the show. Phil, how was your Easter, man? How, how did uh, how did everything go? Did, uh, not
2: man? Yeah, man. Played. Uh, not played, but pff, I can't even speak now. I'm still recovering, apparently, from the big meal we ate yesterday. No, we cooked uh, ham and, you know, all the fixings yesterday. Had some time. Spent some time. It was good, man. How about y'all?
3: Uh, well, the boys... Uh, Actually went with their dad yesterday. So Nat and I went to this place. got got a little brunch. Had a little oysters uh, uh, on the half shell. They were really good. Uh, had some grilled octopus. Uh, that's actually good. Believe it or not, uh, it mm. was it was tasty. Uh, not not your. We thought about getting ham, but man, when we do, we'll, we get the honey baked ham, right? And there's just ham for days <laughs> <laughs> around here. And it's so mm. delicious. The honey baked ham is off the chow, off the chisel. Uh and it's uh it's uh yeah, but we thought we kicked that around and we were like, well, why don't we just go rock and roll? So then we went over to Lockport, uh, because none of our other places in Homer Glen were open. <laughs> so we rolled over to Lockport and had a pretty good time, watched some of the masters, came back. Uh i had a funny master story. I was kinda I was on the phone a lot yesterday. There were a lot of like, I heard from, like, three people I haven't heard from in years <laughs> yeah. or, or months even. Like, my buddies from Gainesville, Georgia, decided to call me from when I worked back then. Some guys from ESPN that used to work for with me. I talked to them. I talked to a football coach in South Carolina I hadn't talked to in five years. Uh, it was just random day for people that know JC to call me up and see how I was doing. I hope that's not a bad sign. I hope nothing's going to happen. Uh, so, I was, I was in I was out on the porch. It was really nice yesterday, too. I got a little sun. I was tanning the ham, my personal ham that's uh, right below my chest. It looks just like a ham. Put uh, some glaze on this, slice it up. It'd probably be delicious. But anyway, uh, so so I came back in, and you guys know I was kind of playing the golfers, you know. And I, I saw Mickelson had been like, oh God, he had crazy odds, 20,000 to one, something like that. And I came back in and got excited for a moment because he was second. Right did I realize he was done playing for the day (laughs) and the other guy had a three I was like oh I was like where's lefty I was like oh he's done I was like oh my god okay so close but no cigar on that one for yours truly but um, that was kind of the highlight of of my master's uh, experience and uh, certainly missed it on Saturday Uh, it's funny if you ever listen to Chicago sports talk radio and and I don't normally but I just happened to turn it on you want to talk about the fellowship of the miserable. No. <laughs> 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 Bears, White Sox, <laughs> Cubs, <laughs> Blackhawks, <laughs> Well, this poor guy, he uh apparently he's like <laughs> he was like, Oh, I wanted to do this weekend. The weather here's finally nice and it was. It was spectacular. It was seventy degrees, sunny, a gentle breeze blowing off Lake Michigan. It was God, it's just like, oh man. Perfect weather. Up here. right and he's like yeah so that means i'm gonna probably saturday what i want to do is smoke some meats, drink some beers and watch some golf and the jack weather down in george is awful <laughs> well, that's kind of kind of funny that you know chicagoans are griping about the weather elsewhere you know can't can't find enough anything to complain about here but yeah you're gonna ruin my meat smoking and it was saturday was kind of a boring day you know anyway. but uh yeah, so I quickly turned it off. I'm like, man, I, you're not going to rain on my sunshine.
2: No, 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 you can't let so, it get, get like that. Dad, you got to turn it yeah, up that off. I
3: ball. did some grilling myself. It was fun. I got a, a fun little weekend. So anyway, Nana Sports Chat Box award winning, award winning Nana Sports Chat Box uh, is wide open. Craig is the first one in. Sleepy Monday today. Congrats to Rom. Congrats to him for winning. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian does not like the rankings. South Carolina's five spots behind LSU, and they shouldn't be number one, he says. And yeah, the D one baseball poll did come out. The Gamecocks are ranked sixth in the country. Still
2: changes between one through eight this week.
3: Oh, you got a chance this week though, Mm -hmm. because Vandy's in first place. I mean, Vandy's eleven and one in the league, so you got a chance. You go up there and win that series, I think, to move up. I mean, look, it's Murderer's Row. You know, I mean, and upstate's probably not going to be that big of a challenge, but uh, it's murderer's row as far as, you know, the schedule, you know, at Vandy, the fourth ranked team in the country, you got Charleston Southern coming in next week and then Florida uh, and Auburn, a six game homestand before the Gamecocks go to Winthrop and then Kentucky on the road, Kentucky uh, took two of three from Georgia this weekend. And they're a game, they're a half game. Florida and Kentucky are tied behind the Gamecocks. Half game behind the Gamecocks for second in the SEC East right now. It's not going to get easier. You know, it's uh, these next six are continuing to be as big as they get. It reminds me of that year in football where the SEC sort of screwed the Gamecocks. um, Because I think if they had not had that team had not had to do this, uh, it would have been a little bit different outcome. But the Gamecocks had to play all of a sudden Georgia at home, LSU on the road. And Florida on the road. That was Will Muschamp's best team he had at Florida, by the way. In back to back to back weeks, by the time that Game Three got there, it was a fatigued, tired, sick football team um, that you know had the flu, and, and they played like it. Boy, they got waxed by Florida, at least on the scoreboard. Uh, in, in Muschampian fashion, in that game, the Gamecocks actually outgained Florida. <laughs> Like one hundred and ninety eight, one hundred ninety seven yards wise, but lost by thirty three points. <laughs> uh, that was the that was the, the must champion period of college football, you know. No, but uh, anyway, I mean, this this stretch kind of reminds me of that I don't think it's going to. The good news is I don't think it's going to derail the Gamecock season. Uh, I think Carolina will be competitive. I think they proved they belong uh, with thirteen five win on Thursday over LSU and uh, heartbreaking loss. Uh, the next day, eight to seven, before the the wind and rain came in. Uh, like I said, we'll talk to John Whittle here in a little bit, but he wrote that the grand slam home run the kid from LSU hit probably had that been the next inning, it would have been blown back in the ballpark because the wind just kind of came out of nowhere. So, uh, Spur, you say God's smiling on the Gamecocks or the Gators or whatever? God wasn't smiling on the Gamecocks no. <laughs> this weekend. I mean, it, it, the, the the chances, you know. South Carolina's strength is its bullpen, right? The chances. This is just how funny baseball is. Sometimes, like your strength, you know, you feel good, and your strength is, you know, take trying to take you home, and things don't go your way. <laughs> it's just it's just that part of the game. Uh, part of the game. Nana Sports Chat Box uh, continues. Uh, Brian says, "I don't know if it's a homer take, but we're the best ball club in the country, and I'll stand on that hill so I'm proven otherwise." One of them. Yep, I agree. I mean, I don't. I don't think there you look at this team and and how they're playing and how some guys are hitting the ball and how a different guy steps up all the time and you know, uh, blown save opportunity aside uh, on on last week on last Friday, uh, this team's legit. I mean, they they continue to battle, they continue to come back. You know, you you got to just flush that loss and move on because Vandy awaits. Vanderbilt's a really good team. Um, so I think they're one of them, Brian, certainly, uh, and, uh, all that. Chris says, does Noah's hall injury being framed as week to week concern y'all? He's not gonna be as effective going forward. Um, you you think about sliding into the pen? Maybe. Uh, I think, and that's something we can ask Whittle. Um, anytime your back is an issue, uh, my radar goes up. Cause it's like, you, 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 you I mean, we just saw Tiger Woods withdrawal over the weekend. Um, one because of his back, but I mean, that derailed. People say his girlfriend situation or his wife's situation derailed his career. I, I think it was his back, you know, if you think about Tiger, when then he, you know, made the comeback and all that. But um, yeah, Tiger Woods withdrew this past weekend. So it was. Yeah, uh, he looked rough up sad. there
2: trying to walk around. I felt so bad for him. Uh, just, yeah, like, you know, it's. It Some people like say
3: this may be the, the end. Yep, it's wrapping up. Mm-hmm. Big Slamma escaped from the DMV just in time. <laughs> Talk about the fellowship of the miserable. <laughs> South Carolina DMV, any DMV in any state I've lived in, except believe it or not, Tennessee, because yeah. uh, Tennessee is not as complicated to get your tags and your license. You basically just go in there and you can bring the family Bible in there and get a driver's license. Yeah. Uh, Ten bucks, you know, and, and then you get you, and then it'd be forty for your sticker. And I was like, we don't you don't have to pay like tax on the car or anything. Nice nah, you need to get it. You know, if you live in the Nashville counties, you have to get a an emissions test, which is a only twenty bucks. It's not the price; it's the waiting in the thing line around the building of the emissions place. But uh, yeah, the, the Tennessee DMV people are friendly because they're not busy. <laughs> so here, I'll help you register this tractor. It's no problem. You know, Georgia, South Carolina, Illinois. Bruh, <laughs> brutal but you walk into the dmv in downtown greenville sometime look at the face of the, the person checking you in and the people working at the counter <laughs> it's maddening it's maddening. yeah you know, they tore that
2: day. down they've moved it now they're they're doing all sorts of construction oh. over there at county square oh yeah man it's almost un- unrecognizable yeah
3: <laughs> really i used to live right there
2: Sure. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. they're working on the other side of the road where they were working on the side you lived on when you were here.
3: <laughs> ah, sometimes I miss it down there. I miss it. I miss downtown Greenville. Um, James says the SEC planning committee for baseball games sucked. Could have gotten three in, and LSU were coming off previous Saturday finishes. So there's no disadvantage do better. I agree. I don't understand why with, when everybody knew the weather was coming, uh, and I know it's the rules. You can't play on from Thursday to Sunday. Uh, I, I I don't know why there's that rule. Maybe it's the because um, you know you guys know there's the twenty hour week. Um, sorry, the twenty hour rule in in, in with the NCA. I think at least with football, I think there's a time constraint with baseball as well, where you can only spend so much time playing. And so that's the only reason I can really think of that. Well, can't can't stretch it all the way to Sunday. Uh, I, other than that. I'd probably try to stretch it to Sunday. (laughs) Play it it early on Sunday. But, I mean, then again, it is Easter Sunday. I mean, you start a game at noon on Easter Sunday with the Masters. I I don't know. I I agree with you, James. It it doesn't make any sense. I do think they could have gotten three in. Uh, Also could have played a doubleheader on Thursday, which is another thing I didn't understand. So that was it. Uh, Yeah, James said doubleheader should have played Thursday in the story. Um, Tristan's like, it's game week, baby. Let's go spring game, That's spring, right. fo- spring football game this weekend. So you got a big baseball series and the spring football game coming up. So it'll be awesome. And we'll certainly talk about that. Hale McGranahan has a projected stream, uh, spring depth chart up on the big uh that we will get to here in a little bit. Um, squeezing the zone, um, a topless lunch at that restaurant. Jan said, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I was fine. I was fine uh, at the restaurant. (laughs) It was just so beautiful outside. I was just like, man, I need some sun. Uh, So that's it. I'm sorry. Georgia took two or three from Kentucky. I apologize for that. I just glanced at it earlier. Uh, You guys are correcting me, obviously. Lance Player is in the house. What up, Killers? Latte Lance. Hope things are going well. Uh, Joey said Kentucky's a damn nightmare to get your license. (laughs) It was a, we registered a car up here and it was kind of a pain in the butt. It was kind of sort of, uh, you had to go to like three different places and it was 200 and something bucks, but oh well. <laughs> uh, I, I, the license process was pretty easy. I just went in and gave them my old license and they gave me an Illinois license. So, um, So that's the deal there. All right, let's get to a break, Phil. And uh, yes, we're going to get John John Whittle in here uh, to talk a little baseball, answer some of these questions from the chat box too. It um, you know, the specific baseball ones like about the squeezing of the strike zone and stuff. Uh, Whittle will give a better answer to that than I will, or Phil will probably, or at least me, Phil Phil probably. Phil <laughs> will probably oh, right. knock it out of the park. But, uh, you know, about squeezing Kate Austin's strike zone or whatever on the Friday game. But anyway, we'll get back after these messages. This is Inside the Game Gamecocks, the show. Thanks for joining us.
1: These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you?
5: today tony pope state farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area once again tony pope state farm will help you mix and match perfectly call 843-851-2222 or visit tonypope.com today like a good neighbor state farm is there
1: the real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago rates supply demand All of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your low country real estate broadcaster.
2: Traveling to cheer on the Gamecocks? Reserve your hotel stay with Fan Plans. Your booking supports Inside the Gamecocks and the Big Spur, plus you still earn your hotel loyalty points. Visit fanplans.com slash Inside the Gamecocks.
0: What's up, Gamecock Nation? This is call Moore from the DMV, and you are listening to the show.
2: Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Give John and his team a call, 803-446-4662. Talk about how they can bring in some sunshine into your life this summer. And, of course, as JC mentioned earlier, Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty Team sponsor the first hour, 864-414-5271. Is how to get in touch with Cindy for all your upstate residential real estate needs. And we're joined now on the McKellar Enterprises guest line by none other than John Whittle, our not just our resident baseball expert. I'd say you might be the best in the business, John, when it comes to college. What well, uh, I was going to say, uh, the in uh, my mind just went blank. So go ahead. What's up, John? How you doing today? <laughs>
6: well. I appreciate the kind words. I, I certainly uh, have enjoyed following this baseball program over the years, and uh, this one's started out pretty well, I'd say.
2: Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, no movement in the top, uh, what seven, I think, or eight in D1 baseball rankings. Any surprise there?
6: Um, not really. Not not really. Um, not a whole lot of influential games and movement. You know, when a a, a team. Wins a series two to one or or drops a game, I guess is is it's not really a, a big reflection unless some other program just dominates and decides to jump over everybody. I mean, South Carolina had had uh, had, had gone two and zero against LSU, then I could have seen some movement. But but one and one, two and one on the week with a win over North Carolina is is harder to move up when there's not many spots to move up to. <laughs> right. Carolina has been been ranked a little bit lower than than maybe you would have seen a jump after this week, but but uh, you know there's only so many places to go now. John, a lot of uh,
3: talk about uh, so so I I didn't have an answer. So what's the rule? What, what's the logic behind the rule? Is it a student athlete hours spent competing issue? Where they wouldn't play a makeup game on a Sunday, if it's a Thursday, Saturday, uh, series, or do they just say, well, that's the rule, you know, cause we, we don't want, you know, to have to impact travel. Uh, you know, people were asking about that. So yeah. I, and I didn't I mean, have a good, I didn't, I didn't have a good answer other than maybe they're spending too much out, too many hours. Right.
6: Yeah. I mean, that's certainly part of it. I mean, you got to look at the fact that you got to look at budgets, the amount of money that you're spending by staying a whole nother, uh, day in, in a hotel room and meals and all that stuff. And, Bus drivers, or changing charter flights, or or, or whatever else. Um, you know, when you're considering, you know, 30 hotel rooms, or or, or however many, and um, you know, there's there's that piece of it, and then there's a gamesmanship part of it too, from a from a a coaching standpoint. You know, if if a home team has a pitcher that might be able to go the next day and there's a little bit of a drizzle, then, you know, they may try to say, hey, we're, well, we, we we can't play and we can't play in this. We're going to have to wait until tomorrow. And and that just it, 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 it takes away from the uh, integrity of the series. So, you know, there there are several different reasons why the rule is in place. And, you
3: know, I certainly get it. Yeah, that's a, that's probably a pretty good answer. So that's uh, that's a good deal. Uh, there, Yeah, and that's understandable. Um, so the game, um, you know, I think it's just kind of one of those – game two, uh, one of those baseball things. Sometimes you'll have your strength lined up uh, to get a game, and it just doesn't work out. <laughs> and uh, I remember you wrote after the ball game, too, that had that home run or, or the Grand Slam kind of been in the next inning when the wind blew in, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have left the ballpark uh, because all of a sudden this big gust of wind came in. Uh, I kind of chalk that up to, uh, well, you know, a lot of people, every time Carolina loses, uh, a lot of, some folks will just be like, well, that's baseball. And it is to a certain extent, but sometimes you, you could have done better. Uh, I, I, that game Friday, as disappointing as it was, uh, the outcome for me was like one of those, that's just baseball things. <laughs> uh, and, and the fact that look, LSU is a really good, really good team. I mean, so is South Carolina, and I think they proved that. But uh, LSU, you know, they they, they weren't going to – I don't think they – I think they locked in and said, well, we're not going to start six and five in the SEC. We're just not. <laughs> and uh, it, it, they got up off the mat and just credit them.
6: Yeah, for sure. And while I, I thought it was a, uh, a really well-played baseball series in, in most respects with – with big players making big plays, it, it wasn't the cleanest either. You know, you know, South Carolina folks are, are, are complaining about um, you know the walks in the in those last two innings that that led to some runs, and and certainly Kate Austin walked a couple of guys, and then Eli Jones walked what was eventually the the winning run to lead off the ninth inning. But shoot, LSU walked three runs in, either walked or hit guys that brought runs in in both games. Three game, three runs, both games. So, you know, while we want to blame South Carolina guys, it's not like LSU's pitching, um, you know, wasn't without mistake too. So uh, it, it was, I, I agree with you. There were a lot of the kind of, you know, it's baseball kind of plays like in the ninth inning, Eli Jones would have had a, a double play ball if uh, on right after that leadoff walk. Very uh, Very next batter hit a ground ball back up the middle and he kind of knocked it down and got the play at first. But, if he lets the ball go up the middle, you know Braswell's standing right there on the second base bag, ready to field it, step on it, and throw it over to first and mm-hmm. you know there there were several times like that you know South Carolina missed a couple of opportunities in the I think it was the sixth and the seventh or fifth and sixth right right in there to to uh expand on the lead a little bit and maybe put the game away or at least not make it to where it's one swing of the bat, and you know just didn't do it so you know, we forget sometimes that the other teams out there are trying to win as well, and they're the number <laughs> one team in the country, and they've got great players. They've got two guys projected to be picked in the top five this summer, and and one projected to pick be picked in the top five next summer. And you know, sometimes those guys are, are just good and make
3: plays. Talking with John Whittle from the BigSpur dot uh, Vanderbilt eleven and one in the league. Uh, of course, the- didn't mean to disrespect USC Upstate, the alma mater. They're, they're coming in Tuesday, so there is a midweek game. Charleston Southern's next week, so that's, they're playing. Um, but Vanderbilt, uh, another really good baseball team. Uh, I think they're ranked right fourth in the country. Uh, kind of looking at their schedule, though, John, they, 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 they haven't faced – like Missouri's probably the best team they've faced in the league so far. Uh, they took two or three from the Tigers on the road. Uh, this past weekend. But, you know, before that, it was Georgia, Mississippi State, Ole Miss. Uh, South Carolina is really, by far, the highest rated team they faced uh, this season. But kind of what kind of close is like your typical Vandy club where they can hit pitch and do all of the above or kind of what do you see out of these guys?
6: Yeah, you're you're right. And what's interesting is Vandy came into the start of conference play, you know, worse than the SEC and uh, offensively at least from a batting average standpoint and they've turned it around and have been phenomenal in, in SEC play o- offensively uh, but you know when I think of Vandy I think about a whole bunch of fast guys who can who can run put the ball on the ground and 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 make, make plays um, with with like two maybe three guys in the middle of the order who can get it out of the ballpark and that's what they look like they have this year too. Uh, so they, they do have, they do have some pitching. They do, do have a little bit of depth there as well. Um, they don't make errors, uh, which is another telltale si- sign of, 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 Vanderbilt baseball team. You know, part of it is playing on turf. So that that's helpful when it comes to errors and fielding percentage and so forth. But, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're a very, very balanced team. As you mentioned, we'll, we'll see, this is their kind of first big, big test and they, Missouri was in it all three of those games too. Uh, Missouri gave them a very competitive series. So, um, you know, and you look back at South Carolina's schedule and before LSU. Folks were clamoring about how how uh, poor South Carolina's schedule was. Well, uh, South Carolina swept Georgia. Uh, Kentucky went in into Georgia this past week, and, and Georgia won two out of three from them. Uh, the third was a very competitive game that Georgia was actually ahead in for most of it. I think it went to extra innings, maybe not, maybe one in the ninth. But, um, you know, Vandy went to Missouri and and struggled up there uh, a little bit, one, two of three, but every game was tight and competitive. So, yeah, I mean, uh, Vanderbilt's South, – South Carolina's going to be Vanderbilt's biggest test so far in conference play, but Vandy usually – Play some good schools outside of conference uh, in the in the build up to conference play that that tests them a little bit and they did that again this past year so, uh, but it, it should be a really fun series to watch and you know South Carolina for the second week in a row is going to be one of those uh, national college baseball series that everybody's talking about. Yeah, Gamecocks sure.
3: a game game and a half back of Vanderbilt in the East uh, Kentucky and Florida are tied behind the Gamecocks at nine and three Tennessee five and seven Missouri four and eight Georgia. Bringing up the rear, at three and nine, but those dogs took two of three from the cats. Right, Arkansas is a half game ahead of LSU in the West. A and M, Bama, Auburn, Mississippi State, and then old Miss at the bottom. Mississippi State took two of three from Alabama this past weekend too. Uh, so I, I think that they're probably not as bad as people people think. Um, you know. Uh, so all right, BRC Gamecock from the Nanosports chat box says Petrie is here for three years uh doesn't turn 19 till after the season is that correct Uh, as far as Ethan Petrie uh and his eligibility
6: we we got to get you we got to get you saying it right <laughs> petrie
3: god bless it listen <laughs> i know i know this i've been corrected i've been corrected many times and i i just forgive me guys it's monday petrie <laughs> petrie Petri, like petrol like pet yeah. like like gas mm-hmm. you can start
6: calling him pet dog or, or just, just red. red.
3: Just call him red. Or, red, call him red. red. <laughs> or I'll I'll just call him gas, like you know, pet petrol, petrol. I mean, anyway. but anyway. Uh, yes.
6: Yeah, he is uh, so. he, he's a three year guy. He'll he'll be here for uh for at least two more seasons after this. Uh Eli Jerzenbeck is is a is a two year draft guy. He's only guaranteed to to be at South Carolina this year and next year. I mean, from uh, in college, I guess uh, this year, next year, from an MLB draft standpoint. Uh, but but yeah, the gamecocks are got uh, got a little bit of time with with uh, with Ethan.
3: Howard says did the strike zone in Game Two change when Kate Austin came in. They they were asking some questions about that, the, the squeezing of the strike zone, and I was like, I'm gonna let John answer that because I'm <laughs> really not qualified.
6: Um. You know, I I didn't pick up on on that too much. I mean, the the strike zone was a little bit different on on Thursday than it was on Friday, and and it was a little bit bigger on Friday. But, um, you know, I I didn't I didn't pick up on on that on Cade too much in terms of just the strike zone strength, shrinking in general. I do think there was a call or two that were borderline that didn't really go Cade's way. But, you know, I, I think that's more just a, a pitch by pitch kind of thing versus you know just just fully changing.
3: Okay. That's uh,
6: looking ahead,
2: John. Uh, you know, and there was another question about the chat box as well, about Noah Hall and his week to week designation. Is that, what is to be made of that with this back issue that he's having?
6: It means that he's got a back issue that they don't know how long it's going to take. <laughs> <laughs> simple, right? it, 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 yeah, You know, back, backs are hard in general uh, to, to, um, diagnose a, a firm time frame on you always have have a little bit of hope that you can get something done in a certain time frame but with a back it, like, like for example Jacob Compton's been out all year with a back problem they thought that he could be back before the Georgia before the Georgia weekend or, or the Georgia weekend to start SEC play and obviously we're a month after that now so um he had started to take some swings uh, at that time and and you know just didn't feel right had had a little bit of a setback and and uh you know that's why you you try not to marry yourself to a time frame when when it comes to a back deal because those are so hard to to uh you know be sure that you've properly diagnosed the time frame on so i i think there are i'm sure that they are hopeful that they will get him back uh, in the coming weeks i'm i'm not particularly i don't feel particularly good about it being this week Uh, Maybe you're looking at next. I don't think it's going to be a season, season ending injury, but I can't rule something like that out either. So we'll we'll kind of see how it progresses week to week is is uh, is Kingston said. But, you know, that's that's part of the issue right now.
3: James Churchill says, what's the difference in draft status with Pete Petrie? And Eli Jerzenbeck, is it an age thing? And that's right, John. It's it's age.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, Eli's older.
6: Yeah, it's it's an age thing. Um you is is twenty-one years old within a certain amount of days of, of the draft, and I can't remember exactly what it is, whether it's thirty or forty five, but it's it's right around that time frame, um, in terms of days that you turn twenty-one uh in relation to the draft. So uh, Eli's, Eli's older, um, Petri is of, of normal age, but you see a, a lot of times, I'm not breaking any news here, but you see a lot of times parents hold, hold back their kids because of sports for, for a year uh, for one reason or another. And, and um, you know, Eli's just, just kind of in that age group where he will be uh, 21 in time for the draft in, and, and what, 2024, I guess.
3: Kevin says Whittle. Do you think South Carolina will have to re-recruit Petry with the NIL landscape? LSU proved last year they have no limits, <laughs> and that's that is something to consider. Uh, you know, when you're talking about retention, that's 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 the part of NIL a lot of people don't get is yeah. is big with retention.
6: Yeah, JC, that's something something to consider uh, this offseason. season. No, um, it, I, I here's what I know about Ethan Petry. He's going to be very much wanted. Uh, he also very much loves the university of South Carolina. And, you know, I, I've, I've, uh, I, I guess I've, I've detailed a couple of, a com- couple of little nuggets from a conversation I had with him. A- another one is, you know, he, he told me how much he loves South Carolina here and how he wishes he could be here for four years. And I told him, well, there's nothing that makes you go pro after three years. <laughs> if you really want to. Um, but I, 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 I do think that, uh, uh, there's he's going to be highly wanted. There, South Carolina had a couple of players off of last year's team that were uh, recruited off of the roster or attempted to be recruited off the roster who are still at South Carolina. Uh, I have no doubt that there are going to be schools that, that reach out the, to Ethan as, as well as probably some others, and that just is kind of what happens, unfortunately. But I, I do think that Ethan will be uh, uh, while, while Ethan will be in demand, I, I do think that um, there's not as, as much to worry about with him as, as
3: maybe, you know, other student athletes. Switching to football and uh, then we'll let you go. Uh, you had this great article. Um, uh, everybody, I guess the buzz now, because Beamer said it and sabin has been saying it, everyone else has been saying it, Hugh Freeze, uh, exhibition games uh, in the spring against other opponents or a scrimmage. Uh, interesting, uh, interesting takes here, uh, you know, and, and I'll, I'll just go ahead and say every most of the teams in South Carolina with a football program are listed here. Charleston, Southern, SC State, uh, Citadel, Coastal, Charlotte. But but here's where you're, Furman. Uh, but here's what uh, notice. No Walford, especially if Walford goes back to the option or whatever. But but here's where it gets. you've got uh, Georgia Tech. Uh, you've got Maryland, which I think a lot of the fans would love to see. Uh, and you've got Southern Cal, which a lot of fans would love to see uh, listed there. Uh, you know, what, what was your thought process going into that? And, um, you know, I, I love all those. I, I think that would be kind of cool uh, to see that, to see that happen.
6: Yeah. I mean, first of all, it's, it's more of a conversation piece just to get folks to kind of weigh in on, on what they would like to see. But, you know, I, I, I think if, South Carolina were to play a preseason game or exhibition game like like most schools would go with the uh, local, um, you know, FCS school or or what have you, something along those lines. And that's why, you know, I went with mostly those schools. But, you know, sometimes you might want to play to the to the fans a little bit and you know, play uh, an opponent that's that's a little bit different. And especially if it's in especially if it's in the spring. Like if you're playing a, a preseason game like the week before before kickoff, the week before you open the season, you're almost undoubtedly playing the FCS school in in state, like mm. a a, a Furman or, or whatever. But if you're playing in the spring, if you're playing, you know, late April, then maybe you want to try to play a, a little bit better competition. Maybe you do want to go um play play a home and home uh one year in, in the other against the georgia Tech you know it'd be a very very easy thing to do to to head on over to atlanta for for a night and, and play or, or up to duke and you know those are two schools that you know there really hadn't seemed to be a whole lot of conversation with in terms of you know playing really in 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 any sport and uh in in non conference play so um, I, I thought those two would make a little bit of sense. Maryland makes sense, and and I, I threw Southern Cal and Maryland in there just from a just from a, a fan take. Like you know, whenever you whenever one of these articles pops up of, of who do you want to play in the non conference, Southern Cal is always in there, right? Like, mm-hmm. and and um, so I, I think that that would be certainly something that's obvious. And right now the the school out, out of conference that that earns a lot of chatter because of what happens on the recruiting trail is Maryland. And, and, you know, I think that would be, be a lot of fun, but also South Carolina is trying to do a little bit of recruiting up there and doing it very successfully. So, you know, to me, those are some intriguing games and that are games, at least that would make sense. Some, some move the needle more than others. Uh, you know, coastal is one that I think would move the needle in terms of in-state schools that are, You know, not Power Five. They're certainly, uh, um, you know, uh, 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 a conversation piece at at their at at their level and and earning a spot into the top twenty-five and so forth. So, um, but but yeah, I I do think that uh, those would be kind of intriguing.
3: I'm with you. Georgia Tech would be one that I would like because it's right uh, right down the road, and uh, I know baseball played what Georgia Tech, NC State, Um, and they're. Cause they they believe it or not folks uh, baseball does play against they play two against another team uh in the fall uh they, they didn't to figure that can. out Pete
6: they can yeah. South Carolina hadn't done it here recently uh since yeah. since uh, I don't think they've done it since covid post covid but but yes before before that happened they they played NC state and Georgia Tech and, and UNC Wilmington and I feel like there was one other but but yeah yeah so George that I actually missed that Missouri game, the Michael and Missouri game, to to go over to
3: Georgia Tech and uh, and and see that baseball <laughs> scrimmage. Wow, yeah, you missed a good one there, but there was a monsoon in the middle of it, so uh, that was that was a heck of a ball game, though. Uh, and I think it was raining in Atlanta too, because uh, I, I was in Atlanta. I watched it. Me and Mike Mike Morgan and I watched that game in Atlanta. Uh, together. Uh, Peter says, why would Maryland or Southern Cal come to SC for a spring game? Well, Why would anybody go anywhere for a spring game? I mean, (laughs) it kind of depends on your philosophy uh, if if you want to play a big school or a little school. So, um, but uh, I don't know. And and, and there will be different philosophies out there with it. And uh, uh, like I said earlier this week, I think the problem with it is somebody somewhere will lose a spring game to like a Samford or somebody and get fired.
1: That's
3: right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it doesn't count, they'll get fired. And and I think that's the, the – like at Auburn, he lost the spring game, fired. Well,
6: there, there are a hundred different problems with, with playing outside competition, right? Like players are trying to make a name for themselves too, and they're going to be going a little bit too hard, and there are going to be injuries that happen. And, you know, you can say that, well, it would happen in your own spring game, playing your own – well, it's, it's different. You – you uh, I won't – there there's a lot of uh, care and respect for your teammate in your own locker room. And, you know, if you're playing somebody from the other side, you know, it's, it's not, I mean, it's, it's just different, obviously. So Mm -hmm. there's, there's, there's player safety issues. I mean, the, the season keeps expanding, right? Like, like we're, we're, we're expanding the playoffs. We've gone from 11 games to 12 games. Although, I mean, that was what, 15, 20 years ago, uh, But I mean, there's conference championship games like there's foot, football keeps adding more games. But, you know, there's also a continued emphasis on on player safety. Well, those two things don't really line up so well. So, you know, you're you're trying to to find a balance. And, and I, I just I don't know that that these things are ever going to come quite come to fruition.
3: Yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah, Stacy adds it or it will be used to keep someone out of the playoff. Yeah, you'll go back and identical resumes. Like, well, they lost their spring game to VMI. Out. <laughs> Out. so uh, so that's good. I think that should that. put
6: you in. If you lose a spring game to VMI and improve so much that you're that you're in the into the playoff conversation, I think that should that should boost you up and boost you in. That's that's a hell of a turnaround by that coaching staff.
2: <laughs> yeah, no doubt they were able to put it all together for sure. <laughs>
3: Embarrassed by the key debts, and then you know, their mascot's a kangaroo. Uh, I I went to a VMI Furman game when I was a kid, and the the VMI mascot was a kangaroo. And an older dude, dad, behind me was like, Because we went with the church group, I was like eight years old, and he's like, It'd be kind of funny if you're up here and you're that dude's dad, and you're like, Hey, that's my boy there in the kangaroo outfit. he's at a military school, but he's the, he's consciously decided to be the kangaroo. <laughs> Couldn't be proud of her. Proud of you. So. Kangaroos. So anyway, all right, will let you go on that. What we appreciate you, man. And, uh, you know, uh, keep, uh, keep on trucking. I know it's a busy weekend on the big spur with a huge baseball series and the spring football game and recruiting and all that good stuff. So, uh, have a, uh, have a good one tackling it all.
6: Absolutely. should be a lot of fun. We appreciate y'all having me. Amen.
3: Thanks so Always. much, John. Thanks, John. And that's John Whittle, the great one from TheBigSpur.com. Uh We have Keith, top of the hour, too.
2: Yeah, sure, they have. Yep, yep. It's Monday, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah sure. it's
3: Monday. It's Keith. So we'll have Keith also up, uh, from Gamecock Pod Live uh, coming up, top of the hour, but we got to hit a break right now. JC Sherbert, Phil Mullinax rocking and rolling. We'll get to some of your Nana's Sports chat box questions here in a minute. I see where there's some. Uh, Questions about Luke Doty, Juju McDowell in there, depth chart, all that good stuff. Uh, So hang tight. We will be back after these messages. Inside the game. catch the show rolls on. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for a karaoke partner, I can tell you, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. But what I do have is a very specific set of skills. Hang up now, and your IT nightmares will continue. But stay on the line, and I will find you and when i find you i will fix it um thanks uh i think i have the wrong number i'm trying to call matt at heritage digital he has a one price low cost turnkey solution for all my it needs and i'm sick and tired of my it guy so yeah 8436991001 this is 1002 oh thanks anyway. Don't be taken by some IT dude that talks a big game. Give Matt at Heritage Digital
1: a call, 843-699-1001. Gamecock Nation, JB here, and I'm here to tell you about my new favorite painting company, A Couple of Painters. These guys are the best. Gamecock fans and excellent painters and by far the best and easiest quote I've received. They're licensed in both South Carolina and Georgia. They offer 10% off for military, repeat customers, or if you heard it on the show, commercial and residential painting, deck, fence, and cabin staining, cabinet and furniture refinishing. They'll even remove popcorn ceilings and wallpaper, and they offer pressure washing. Find them on Facebook or call 803-522-6832. A couple of painters, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina
5: You're tuned in to Inside the Gamecocks the show. Shine let it kick off. Brad Edwards will get a combo.
0: Touchdown
2: South Carolina.
3: These <laughs> are You a bird
0: are top of the cool star of the show yours to who was born to pro. Well, I bet you want
2: to win, when, when you win, I lost a step or two. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. Presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia, 803-446-4662. is how to set up a no-obligation consultation on potentially turning your backyard into an outdoor retreat. And of course, first hour of the show brought to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty team here in the upstate. Cindy will be happy to take care of all your upstate residential real estate needs. 864 414
3: 5271. All right, Dennis Port's Chat Box award winning. Ryan makes a good point about uh, the transfer portal has the potential to be more monumental and volatile in baseball because of limited scholarship numbers. Uh, and it does. Uh, but I'll say that, and, and you also have the thing where guys are kind of deciding Do I want to go minor league or not. Uh, I think the money helps, uh, you know, cause there were two guys that were on South Carolina that, you know, are Carolina rise clients, we call them clients, uh, that probably would have gone pro, uh, Kingston said it. I'm not telling you something you don't know that probably would have gone pro had that money not been there. Uh, And and there's good news and bad news. So the good news is, yes, the portal and NIL are going to matter. That's the bad news. The good news is that it doesn't take a lot of money. (laughs) Uh, You know, you you talk about, like, the NIL expectations of, like, a basketball player like a Gigi Jackson, uh, and then you, you take the NIL expectations of some of the very best players on South Carolina's baseball team that have draftable futures like a Will Sanders or Noah Hall, uh, Ethan Petrie, obviously uh, we took, we, we went ahead and just signed him up, <laughs> you know, a bit midway through the season. Uh, but the dollar amounts aren't, they're dropping the bucket compared to the other sports. Because uh, these guys are just trying to get their tuition taken care of. You know, I mean, they, they lose money on this deal. Baseball players do a lot of times, them and their families, and and they need it. so. Uh, and, and look, we, we we plan at Carolina Rise as long as we can, you know, start selling some tickets to this event, <laughs> and um, also get more members. Uh, we plan to do more with baseball as far as uh, the cap or, or the budget or whatever. We didn't spend spent very little. To have fifteen guys, so that's the difference. Is that with baseball, you know, you you do have more needs financially because they're not on full scholarship, but you also across the board, are not spending as much. So I hope that makes sense. And the guys do pretty good. Uh, as the season moves forward, you'll, you'll see some NIL stuff from our from the baseball players uh, here on the show, and you'll probably like it. Um, Doty does have – Luke Doty switching to football. Uh, uh, Michael asked, does Doty have any eligibility after this season? I think he has three more years, including this year. Because COVID year did not count. Um, 2021 counted. He redshirted in 2022. Luke did. Uh, That got lost kind of last year. You notice he didn't play. uh, And then he got the exemption
2: for the bowl game. Yep. Yeah, got the exemption
3: to play in the bowl. But that was uh, so Luke's. Luke's still got three more years. Believe it or not. He uh, the this Yeah. <laughs> so he's, uh, and he is a good one. He's having a good spring, man. I mean, uh, like I said, Helmut Grant has projected depth chart. It's Rattler and Doty one and two, and the rest are kind of behind, but he's uh, he's getting better and better. And I-, I said before, I think Spencer Rattler coming to South Carolina was probably the best thing for Luke Doty because uh, he kind of just got thrown to the Wolves and then had to play on a broken foot. And, you know, I think the next time you see Luke Doty as a starter, uh, as long as he can hold off guys like Sellers and Bailey, because that's not a given, uh, you'll see a different player. Uh, a different. You'll see kind of why he was a top 100 guy uh, coming out, in my opinion. Maybe not, my opinion. Michael also says Juju is first on the depth chart, but I don't see him playing much when the season starts. DK will beat him out, and then Mario and Braswell. I, I don't want to say he's not going to play much because uh, you absolutely can start Juju McDowell you just can't you can't wear him down uh and, and one of the things Marcus Satterfield did say that was correct when he was here was yeah juju he, when he went, when he runs between the tackles because of his size over and over takes that beating it wears him down he gets a step slower. Juju's gonna play just as much as he played this past year uh uh he's too much of a playmaker to keep him off the field, but it's gonna be in his kind of specialized role and, and you you absolutely can start him. But you got to get those, you got to be very conscious of running back rotation and making sure he doesn't wear down. Um, he's also, you know, because of his size, uh, can get blown up uh, blocking, pass blocking. <laughs> so,
2: yeah, it's interesting. Uh, like looking at the, the you know, Juju to carry on joiner, Mario Anderson, those are the guys there now. Braswell, Dontavius Braswell comes in uh, in the fall for fall practice. And then you got to assume they're going to take a guy out of the portal. And unless the guy coming out of the portal is like your number one, you know, running back, which I don't, might be hard to find, you know, obviously we don't know, but uh, it just looks like this rotation sets up to be completely situational, situational to me, JC is what this looks like, is what we're going to go into the season with, which is perfectly fine because if everybody's adept at doing different things then hell, put them in where they're good.
3: Yeah, I, uh, I I'm with you there. I, I, I don't even think it's. I think they need to, they need to have a good running game this year and mm-hmm. be able to run the football. It doesn't have to be all one guy. It doesn't have to be. I mean, you know, like Marshawn Lloyd when he's healthy, he's. I think we all know he's a special talent. Uh, he just hasn't put it all, a whole season together yet. Um. So yeah, that was a big loss, but you know. You're still going to have to block. Uh, you got a veteran offensive line that, that should be improved. Um, and you've just got to get some sense of a running game. South Carolina's got enough weapons, I, I think, in the passing game to be really formidable in that department. But you, you can't be one-dimensional, as we all saw, um, in the bowl game. That, that's what killed the Gamecocks in the bowl game. They became uh, – the minute Nate Atkins went out, South Carolina became very one-dimensional, throw, throw, throw. Uh, it was almost like an air raid type deal, um, and you can do that if you if you if you're married to it. But you know, if you're supposed to be balanced and you can't run the ball, uh, that's a recipe for disaster. But I, I think you know, and, and I'm I'm intrigued by Joiner. That's heading into the spring game Saturday. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he looks like running the ball. Um, so intrigued by him. Intrigued by the portal possibilities. Uh, intrigued by Braswell. And I've always loved Mario Anderson too. So. Uh, we'll see. I think they'll be fine. I think I think just for depth purposes, they they have to get a transfer. Um, and how good that person is or how player is is, you know, up in the air. Who knows? Uh, but I do know in the SEC, most of the time, you kind of run through running backs. Uh, most teams, uh, for every team that has a superstar at that position, uh, there's two or three more teams in the league that really do it by committee. And, you know, you think last year, Florida, Tennessee, all by committee. Georgia, definitely by committee. Uh, Vanderbilt had the kid that transferred out, uh, that was kind of the one guy there. Uh, Kentucky obviously was a different team when they had their star running back, uh, out there and then smoke who transfer also transferred out. Uh, so, you know, it, it's, it, it just kind of depends on the team, but, uh, it, it's, it's not like, it's not a death sentence to not have a stud running back. As long as you have good players that can go out there and, and make plays and get rushing yardage. You can also get rushing yardage in other ways, right? You can run to carry out out of the, the – you can know, run uh, reverses to juice wells, kind of like uh, we all saw. Um, the game guys got creative in the run game, uh, Tennessee and Clemson, I thought, you know, uh, and scratched out the yardage. Unfortunately, Jalen Brooks is gone. So the slowest developing, most effective reverse in the history of college football is off the table. It's <laughs> off the table. <laughs> I like, like every time it's like, oh, man, here goes Jalen. Oh, man, oh, this is taking a while. Then, oh, wait a minute, he just cuts it up 20 yards later. He's either in the end zone or close, you know. I love that. I mean, he must Jalen Brooks, long strider, right? You know, it's deceptive, his speed um, and all that good stuff. Quantrell says, I love having all these quarterbacks on the roster. Makes every rep competitive, which will be better for the roster. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, absolutely, especially when you're like fourth or fifth, and you're b- battling to get up in that upper echelon. Especially if like Lenora Sellers is ahead of you as a true freshman, you're you're you're, you're gonna. I mean, you're gonna get out of there and, and battle. And you know, I've I've seen, of course, there's the the really beautiful touchdown pass Tanner Bailey through to Xavier Short in the indoor that they circled. It you know, was uh, circulating on on social media, but uh, and he looks good throwing it, and I mean, I, they love him. Yeah, they thought Bailey could be a two or three year starter. Well, here comes Sellers. You know, and that's just why you recruit great players. It all it all sorts itself out. I will say, around the SEC, when the portal opens back up, quarterbacks are going to be a, a point of discussion. Because there's one school in particular, Auburn, that needs one. <laughs> and uh, and so like let's say you're the third guy, Georgia, in that three headed monster, you know, would you would you go to Auburn where you could start? If you're I mean, I don't – I'm not speculating Tanner Bailey's going to leave. I, I've heard nothing to indicate that. But he is from Gordo, Alabama. You know, hmm. the, the in-state schools over there are big time now. I, I think there was something that went sideways with Auburn during his recruitment, but you got a whole new staff there. So, you know, and, and, and look, nobody say – please no nobody go out there and say, hey, J.C. said Tanner Bailey's going to Auburn. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just hmm. saying in the SEC – uh, there's a lot of buzz about, you know, teams needing quarterbacks. Florida also is one to watch. They need they, – they've got Graham Mertz lined up, right? Hmm. Kid from Wisconsin. And he's pretty solid. I mean, he could be the guy. But, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, – yeah, I think it would be interesting. Nictario says Gunnar Stockton to Auburn. I don't know. Gunnar Stockton could win the Georgia job. <laughs> yeah. He's pretty good. So – uh, and one more from Quantrell before we go to break and get Keith in here. JC, it seems like Carolina's in a lot more top tens. A lot of top tens are four-star recruits. Is this true? Uh, I listen to a lot of college podcasts, and Carolina's getting mentioned, begrudgingly, of course, but still. <laughs> um, Yeah, it's, uh, the, the, yeah it, it's going up another level as far as the number of big-time guys they're in on. Uh, the D line target list is particularly impressive. <laughs> uh, I think that uh, you already got your quarterback for the class, and he's may have the best arm in the country. Um, and then everybody else uh, outside of Blake Franks is, uh, you know, four and five stars. Two announcements this week, by the way. Tank Booker, uh, I think, is on the 11th or 12th yeah. tomorrow. Or uh, last I checked. Okay, so here's some scoop. They feel good about Tank Booker. They feel good about my London. The AJ kid from Washington probably is too far from Two of three two out of three ain't bad is a great meatloaf uh, I mean, hey, what if we started calling like meatloaf like like Buddha? Like some people call Buddha the Buddha. What if we started calling him the meatloaf?
2: The meatloaf. That's the right.
3: meatloaf says. Right. Uh, two out of three ain't bad. So anyway, um, so that's that with that. And uh, Josiah Thompson, elite offense, another elite offensive tackle from in-state from Dillon. He will announce Tomorrow? the day before the spring game, Friday.
2: Oh, and, Friday, uh,
3: yeah. In the morning. So we'll have complete coverage of that for you there. Keith Olsen coming up with the brutal truth on the other side. It's at the Gamecocks, the show rocks on.
0: What's up, Gamecock fans? This is pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas.
5: in MLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182
1: Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more, they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the Lowcountry. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show.
0: Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com, your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Maness, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. In July, we're excited to bring you the third annual Plunder on Pauly's two-day golf tournament with rounds played at Caledonia and True Blue Golf Courses in the heart of Pauly's Island. Head to TravelingCountryClub.com to register for that event. And it is not exclusive to TCC members, but to become one, you can sign up and bring to life for your golf game. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show.
5: This is Zachary
3: Davis from Carolina Hoops, and you're watching the show with JB, JC, and Phil. Go Cox.
2: Welcome back everybody to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia, 803-446-4662 is how to get in touch with John Barber and his team down there. They'll be happy to talk to you about potentially enclosing a porch or a patio so you can enjoy the outside bug free this summer. And we are joined now on the McKellar Enterprises guest line by none other than Keith Alsef. It is Monday. <laughs> Keith, how are you doing today?
4: Fantastic, guys. How's everybody doing out? Well, in the upstate and in Chicago. Yeah, that's right. We have a large kind of got a right? triangle going on here.
3: Yeah, that's right. We've got yes. we've got a. Uh, we've got we- great weather this week here. Seventy and sunny and breezy all week. So nice. <sighs> Reminds me of home a bit. Uh what damn sure ain't going to here. Monday,
4: Jesus. It was ninety-five here. And then Thursday it was forty eight. <laughs> and rainy.
2: Ugh. Yeah, we had that fifty degree swing here too, and it hasn't it hasn't bounced back yet. <laughs>
3: Oh well, guys. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're a your well, few times. I can say I got better weather, baby. Woo! Yeah, oh, you tell you. but Austin and, and Greenville, man, it's a rare occasion. <laughs> got both of you beat. Got both mm. of you beat. Uh, so, Keith, uh, we're going to talk about the WNBA draft and Don Staley and, and the roster and stuff uh, here in a second. We got some questions from the chat box, but uh, first of all, we haven't really talked with you that much about football because uh, of the run in the NCAA tournament lately. Uh, what are you looking forward to seeing in the spring game? I, I personally have two hot takes on it. I think I think it's going to turn into the Lenora Seller show at some point because I don't see the other quarterbacks playing a whole lot. And uh, I want to kind of get a good look and see uh, what DeCarion looks at, looks like at running back. I think those are two very intriguing things.
4: I mean, I don't really know what to expect. JC, because you know, you got North Carolina the first game, you got a brand new offensive coordinator. What are you gonna show with your new offense? I mean everybody knows you got Spencer Rattler and Juice Wells and Trey Knox and you know, Joyner and Juju McDowell at running back. Um, I think you're for me. I still don't know what this team is – their ceiling is going to be until after we see who they add in the transfer portal and what happens with the three players who are suspended because I think two of those guys at some point next season could work their way on the depth chart. Um, I'm with you. It it could turn into the Tanner Bailey-Lenora Sellers shootout. Um, The most intriguing thing to me with Ja'Kai Moore having a family situation, obviously he's not practiced that much. And so what does the offensive line look like without him? It looks like Trey Jones is at right guard, Bershawn Lee's at center, and Nick Gargiulo is at left guard. Is Ja'Kai Moore your swing tackle or when he gets back, does he reclaim one of those guard spots? That's really, cool. you know, something I'm interested in. And then how does Xavier Leggett catch a ball? I mean, we won't really know until next season, right? Like, I was there when Taki Muhammad had about 37 receptions for 1,095 yards and 14 touchdowns in that Dondrell Pinkin spring game. And then it came time for the fall, and he couldn't catch a cold. So, spring games, I just don't know what you're really going to see. I mean, to me, it's more about personnel. I'm really intrigued at the linebacker spot. Like, what does Jerron Willis look like? What does Pup Howard look like? Is Stone Blanton noticeably quicker? Is he diagnosing plays better? Those are some of the things – I'm really looking at and then my favorite guy in the secondary as a newcomer is Jalen Kilgore. I mean, I just don't think Brent Venables gets on a plane from Norman, Oklahoma and flies over all those states to come to the Augusta, Georgia area to recruit Jalen Kilgore unless he's the real deal. And so I'm anxious to see how he and Peyton Williams uh, play. We know Nicky Mawory and D.Q. Smith can play.
3: Yeah, Kilgore, I think, was one of the more underrated guys in this class. Finally got the four stars late, but he's a ball player. I mean, he, he's kind of multi-sport guy uh, down at his school. Uh, Torian Gray was the first to offer him. And then, of course, Clemson, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Florida, Auburn, uh, he had Eastern Michigan in his top four uh, at the end because that's uh, that's what kind of kid he is. Because Eastern Michigan was the second offering, <laughs> so he ended up with the Eagles. Fly Eagles, fly! You know, in, in that. But Kilgore is the real deal. Uh, Mark says here in the chat box, and I agree. I think, I think, I think a lot of these young secondary guys are going to play a lot of good football for the Gamecocks here uh, directly. Um, you know, you can you can bank on that. The future's bright back there. Um, all right, well that's that's good. I, I'm kind of with you on all that, and that, that's my thing too. I like diagnosing the personnel. You mentioned, funny you mentioned Taki Muhammad. I've named my spring game MVP uh, award after him, the Taki Muhammad Award.
4: <laughs> so
3: that, that's because it's, uh, awesome. it's
4: meaningless, right? Yeah,
3: there, there's a I would have given it to the walk-on linebacker from Chapman in last year's spring game, Balacero or whatever. I'm probably butchering that name, but uh, he was all over the field, man. He and he and the other uh, former Chapman player, that's a walk on. Uh, the, the DJ, DJ Black. yeah, well, well, Blacks the third. With Twitty was the running back that came in that was spring all over the spring. Rashad Amos was really good in the spring game last year too. So
4: <laughs> he R- just really wish done. he hadn't transferred.
3: Yeah, that one. That, it's interesting. He ended up in Miami of Ohio. Uh, I think if he can go in there and learn the offense and hold on the ball, he could he could make some things happen in and uh, I think he's really good or always, always thought he's really good. unfortunately things just didn't work out. All right. so, Keith, hey, Haley, so ben- Let me
4: ask you a question. So right. Shane, Shane Beamer has been calling for it. A lot of other college coaches have been calling for it. John Whittle wrote an article on the big spur about 10 intriguing opponents. Uh, like even here in Texas, it, the high schools, they have a spring game against an opponent. Yeah, they do it in Florida
3: Florida and Georgia, too, I think. Yeah. yeah,
4: and so I think it's time for college football because college football is really its own entity, right? Like, I heard Mike Krzyzewski in an interview with uh, Colin Calhart on his podcast, not on his television show. He actually started his own podcast network, Colin Cowherd. Talking about how, you know, college football is its own entity and how they need to take advantage of the moment with the women's game being at an all-time high. And College basketball needs to become its own entity. And just like Sonny Baccaro and countless others have said, the NCAA, you know, probably by 2030 will not exist. I think it's time for Power 5 or or Division 1 or Power 5 and Group of 5 to say, hey, we're the only sport that does not get legitimate scrimmages. Okay? If you're not going to let us scrimmage an opponent in the fall, we should be able to have a spring game against an opponent, not ourselves. I mean, it just makes too much sense for it not to happen. And I'm I'm all for for playing an ACC team like the Hokies or Duke, somebody that's not on your schedule coming up. Or hey, let's let's go home and home with Southern Cal. Let's play, you know. Iowa State or Oklahoma State, somebody that we're never going to play, and then mix in, you know, maybe a MAC team or or something like that so they get a nice payday in the spring. I just think it'd be more beneficial than going through the motions and not showing very much and being very bland in the spring game.
3: I think there's there's a lot of questions about it. Um, I'm for it, Keith. I mean, the more football, the better. I think it would be fantastic spring programming. (laughs) Uh, You know, here's the thing. There's two things. There's there's the injury factor. Uh, If a game does not count, maybe you can find a way to count it. I don't know. Uh, But if a game does not count and you get a a bunch of guys hurt, you know, that's probably not positive. Uh, And we all remember last year in Arkansas – how many put play- Carolina lost two guys for the season, you know, in the one game.
4: I, I remember spring um, games when they've lost two guys. For yeah. the
3: season. So, I mean, uh, and I, yeah, so I guess if you're an inner inter- squad, you're going full speed. That's uh, that's probably, uh, but as Whittle pointed out, we were discussing this earlier when he was on with us, Keith, that guys are going to guys want to make a name for themselves and they're going to go harder against an opponent than they do against their own team. Yes. Um, the second part is, I think somebody will get fired for losing a spring scrimmage. I'll think about Auburn. Like if Brian Harsin had scrimmaged Sanford this past spring and lost, they would have fired him after the scrimmage. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's just that some of these places, you're like, ah, I mean, LSU probably would have fired Les Miles if he lost the spring scrimmage the year. He got fired after what three games? So,
4: I don't what know. Must man. be done. Eventually. Immediately will be done yeah. eventually.
3: Yeah. So he um so, so I don't know. I'd love to see it. I, I also, you know, if they didn't want to if they didn't want to go full contact out, you could also do like a like a Nike camp competition kind of deal where
4: Like a Pro you know, Bowl so, flag yeah, Pro ball. You,
3: you could do a, a seven on seven because then you're you're secondary, you're getting looks from another secondary, all that good stuff and all that and uh, and even a pass rush to a certain extent, um, not the pass rush. But then you could also do a lineman challenge and you know score it by one point. Then then you get a winner and a loser, but it's not a game, you know. And then and, and all that. The other the other thing Whittle mentioned or Phil or somebody in the chat box, the selection committee knowing these guys, you know, they'll use it as a tiebreaker too. <laughs> Oh, what you got? Two teams that are equal because now we're picking twelve, so there's more at large spots. Oh, you know what's the difference between twelve and thirteen? Well, this team almost lost a Furman in their spring scrimmage. Yeah, they won't even go back and look and see. Well, they didn't play the starters, but one series, you know that kind of thing. Uh, so it, it's it's interesting, you know, because of the nature of the sport. I think that um, you know when when you kind of. Look at it, it. There would be some interesting challenges with it, uh, but, but I'd love to see it. I mean, I, you know, eventually they're going to do something with bowl games, they play bowl games in the spring. Right. I, I don't know. Uh, I would uh, I would just, uh, you know, in, in, in college basketball, Keith, they're going they're They're moving towards summer play, kind of like the NBA uh, Summer League. Uh, I've read that a bunch where college, men's college basketball and women, that they're, they're going to eventually have summer. The coaches are pushing for like an NBA summer league style uh, summer uh, for college basketball teams. So if, if they get it, you know, why not football in the spring?
4: Well, I mean, Kerry Rich ran one. I mean, you just couldn't have more than X number of players from the same team on a summer league team. I mean, basketball is a completely different animal. I mean, you don't need shoulder pads and helmets and all of that. You just need a gym and a ball, and you can roll it out. I mean, they get more time, just like now in football, they get more time. I mean, college basketball, they have the closed scrimmage. Maybe, you know, in August, you could have a three- day window where you could bring in another team or go to another team's facility and have two days of practices and then a, a closed scrimmage. So at least you're getting a look, you know, NFL of does scrimmages.
3: Day. NFL, they'll, they'll go like what the Packers yeah. will go where the Eagles are training. and, and Yeah, they've been
4: doing days.
2: that in joint practices for a few years. Yeah, Yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean something like that so uh I don't know you know it, it's 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 interesting conversation because i'm I'm just all for more football uh especially <laughs> in the spring and, and and the spring game and
4: more cowbell
3: we would have ding 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 more cowbell uh, but, i think uh, that
4: was the anniversary of that was uh this this past week it was. was the anniversary <laughs> Christopher of the more cowbell skit. I love
3: it. <laughs> will, that's an amazing skit. Saturday Night Live. All right. WNBA drafts tonight. Quantrell says, Keith, who will have the second best WNBA career behind Boston? Letitia Ama here with LA. Uh seems like her game's getting uh, become even better with more spacing in the WNBA. Uh and uh and so that's first, and then second, Brian says uh, is Haley Van Lift, or I'm sorry, Chris says, is Haley Van Lift going to go to LSU and make them even better? Uh, and then there were some questions, obviously, I'll just let you roll with it about who Dawn is uh, potentially targeting in the transfer portal.
4: All right, so I'm, I'm really not going to mention any specific uh, transfer portal targets. If you want that, you'll have to join me Wednesday night on the Garnet and Black Town Hall. Uh, there was one official visitor over the weekend. Uh, you can find that name on any message board at this point. So as for the WNBA, to me, if I can't draft a Leah Boston and I have to draft a player off South Carolina's roster, it is Leticia Ami here every day of the week. And twice on Saturday and Sunday. She's six foot four. She's got a six foot eleven wingspan. She's capable of playing point guard or point forward, small forward or power forward. She can play with her back to the basket. She can play facing the basket. She's super athletic. And quite frankly, I thought she should have played more in the second half than Brie Beal did. Uh, oh, yeah. I think the two years that she missed of high school basketball really set back her development with the timeline of recovering, not just physically, but psychologically from the ACL injuries. I think she, quite frankly, could have the highest ceiling of any player at South Carolina. Aaliyah Boston is really, really good, and she's cerebral, and she's got an amazing basketball IQ, and she's got a great feel for the game. She's not as athletic as Asia Wilson. I think she will have a great career because she will just figure it out. Everybody else, Zia Cook, up and down. She's five foot nine. I think she probably needs to transition into being more of a a point guard at the next level. I think she will have to be. And Brie Beal doesn't really do anything all that well except defend. And we saw her get absolutely torched against Diamond Miller and in the championship game, she could not keep Caitlin Clark from getting the ball. It's like, okay, we got to get a stop. We got to foul. Don't let Caitlin Clark get the ball. She called it every single time. Plus, I think, and I'm, I'm not trying to be negative on Bree Beal. I thought she was a great player for South Carolina. I just don't think she ever recovered from missing that layup, driving layup against Stanford in the Alamo Dome. I mean, even in the championship game, one for nine, and she missed at, at least three layups, and I know two of them didn't even hit the rim. So I do think she has the tools. She's probably getting ready to be married to J.C. Horn, whose next contract will probably be eighty to a hundred million dollars. I like to be here, cook, and then beal in that order. If I'm a WNBA general manager.
3: Mark says Malaysia Full Wiley local product uh will dominate. What are your what are your thoughts about her next year?
4: I think she is in the words of Dawn Staley, a generational talent. I think she's a five foot eight female version of Steph Curry. There's nothing she can't do. She can score from all three levels and she's already got Caitlin Clark range on her three point jump shot.
3: Wow. (laughs) Should be a pretty good player right there. All right. Well, that's good, Keith. Uh, uh, So again, for the fans out there that, that want to hear the scoop on the uh, roster, uh, tell them how they can get there and sign up as a patron and get in that Garnet Blacktown Hall listing.
4: All right. So you can follow me on Twitter, at K or you can follow the show, uh, at GamecockPod. At the top of the home page, there's a hyperlink, which will take you right to Patreon. Patreon. Uh, you can go to patreon.com backslash GamecockPod, or you can just Google it. But it's not locked on Gamecocks, which it's is not. a shit it's, show. But.
3: That's been retired. There's no yes. lock anymore. It's GamecockPod.
4: GamecockPod Daily. Uh, this Wednesday, Colin Taylor from Gamecock Central will be on Gamecock Pod. Live uh, Wednesday night, the Garnet and Black Town Hall. I uh, will be revealing the top four or five prospects from the transfer portal that uh, Dawn Staley could be targeting some very intriguing names uh, in that group and multiple former top 10 players in the top 15 players in the country.
3: Not surprising. Not surprising. Mm -hmm. All right, Keith, appreciate you every Monday, man. Uh, This one is a little, uh, a little, uh, a little, a little little more conversational. There wasn't nothing bad happened over the weekend. So
4: that
6: was good. Yeah, I mean, it's
4: just a shame. You know, I'm, I'm driving down, by the way, you need to give me a call off air. JC, but I had a meeting on Friday afternoon and I'm looking at my phone and it's 7-3 to three South Carolina over LSU and I'm like, holy shnikes, we're getting ready to beat them two in a row and there's probably no way in hell they're playing the third game and then at the end of the lunch meeting, it's 8-7 to seven. Seven going to the bottom of the ninth, I'm like, holy hell, what happened? And so, I mean, you hate to see it, right? But if somebody said, hey, you're going to play LSU two games and you're going to absolutely rock their ace starters world in the first game and you're going to lose by one run in the second game after almost run ruling them, which you probably should have done in the first game, I think everybody would be happy with that. But, man, six outs away. And you couldn't get it done. That's that's disappointing. But so hey, it's uh, so what now? What you you jump out of the frying pan into the fire? Going to Vanderbilt this weekend, so I
6: absolutely. And, and
4: then Florida, Florida rolls in after that. So I think these next two series are going to be really critical for Mark Kingston and his staff and for this team especially for seeding, for top eight seeding.
2: Yeah, that's it. You just want to keep maintaining that top eight, that national top eight from here on out. I mean, that's what you're kind of shooting for at this point because it's going to be loaded with teams you've already
4: played. (laughs) No doubt about that. Well, I guess, J.C., keep keep tanning the ham. Keep uh, tanning
3: it, man. Got to keep on tanning. So, uh, yeah, take advantage of this while I can because there'll be snow on the ground next week probably. (laughs) So, anyway, thanks, Keith. Appreciate it, man. man.
4: Thank you, Keith. Go Gamecocks. Gamecocks. Mm
3: -hmm. All right, right. we got to get to a break, Phil. I got to go get a drink of water. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be right back.
4: What's up, Gamecock
0: fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and Go Nana's.
5: in MLS 2229 lonmls MLS 1772182
1: Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more, they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the Lowcountry. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show.
0: Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com, your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Manis former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. In July, we're excited to bring you the third annual Plunder on Pauly's two-day golf tournament with rounds played at Caledonia and True Blue Golf Courses in the heart of Pauly's Island. Head to TravelingCountryClub.com to register for that event. And it is not exclusive to TCC members, but to become one, you can sign up and bring to life your golf game. See it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show.
3: This is Zachary Davis from Carolina Hoops, and you're watching the show with JB, JC, and Phil. Go Cops.
2: Welcome back in, everybody, inside the Gamecocks, the show, brought to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. John B. is how to send them an email to get in touch with them, see if they can bring some more sunshine into your life. Just played the same commercial break twice in a row. Back
3: to back. I was so enthralled
2: by your uh, Doc Rivers impersonation taking us back out of the break. (laughs) Yeah, I know that. That's all right. We'll 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 figure it out. Everybody knows we love them, <laughs> all our sponsors.
3: <laughs> exactly. Uh, we're also teed up by traveling to You just saw the commercial, uh, Sonorama Studios, obviously, uh, and a couple of painters.com. Let me paint something.com. Tristan, who was in the chat box earlier, he's fired up about the spring game this weekend. Mm-hmm. He and his crew will help you. Uh, they, they gave away a, a garnet and black room, a Gamecock room painted. Uh, We've heard good things about that, but uh they're very reasonable and look man I'm gonna tell you this right now it's it's hard sometimes uh, when you're dealing with painters, plumbers, whatever to find good people that you trust because i i don't I just don't trust anybody to come in and, and work on my house uh and uh, and of course, I hate painting myself I hate it with a passion uh so uh heck why not call Tristan and go to let me paint something dot com and support this gamecock? Uh, and trustworthy business. Uh, let me put yeah. Uh Back to the Nana Sports chat box. Xavier <clears throat> for the Pacific Northwest says, I do think you guys are crazy for wanting to play Power Five schools, play group of five or lower and pay them well to come do it. When you start playing Power Five teams competitively in the spring, things could get bad. Yeah, like I said, you could get fired. <laughs> we didn't beat. Alabama in the scrimmage. So you're fired. You know, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I also thought about the other day, maybe you don't even keep score. I, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of different things, you know, that could go into it and, and, and you know, it's the NCAA, it's, it's college football. So as far as their creativity goes, <laughs> you know, it's usually about 10 years behind, but, um, I, I think if you got creative with it, it, it would be worth it. And I would also do, I would not just make it for a second. Like, oh, you could play a game in the spring against another team, and then I would also say you could do kind of like Keith said, a combined practice with another squad in yeah. August, uh, and maybe that ends with a. If you want to do something public facing, maybe that ends with like what like I was talking about, like a seven on seven. Uh, you know, and I'd watch Carolina play a seven on seven against Georgia Tech, wouldn't you?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, it'd be fun. It's not real
3: football, but it's still – you get to see how your guys stack up against their athletes, uh, you know. So, I don't know. I don't know. Um, uh, Stacy says – It in was in
2: such a way that you could still keep your spring game, you know, for your own team and recruiting yeah. and all that. You could do, a you know, home and homes that aren't necessarily televised or anything like that just so you got some good on good. You know, against another team oh. that isn't yours, and then bring it they'll, home and do your regular spring game. <laughs> nah,
3: they'll televise it, Phil. There's too much money to be. No, nah,
2: I know. Yeah. Once they get they into
3: it, it, the spring feel. games, anyway, I mean, they're like, a, you know, uh, they're get for things like the SEC network and streaming and stuff. So, yeah.
2: And that uh, way you don't lose your ticket revenue for your spring game if you're doing home and games.
3: Yeah. 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 And I don't yeah. know. I mean, you know, I think maybe an answer to would be to make it count. Count it towards your record. Yeah, I don't know how fair that would be because you're you're not normally dealing with your full roster in the spring. Yeah, uh, maybe it could count for something. I don't know. Maybe the bowl games get moved to spring and they become scrimmages. Although I would hate to see the bowl games not played in winter. And the other thing about bowls you have to remember is, yeah, they're not as important as they used to be. You have all the opt outs, but think about what else is on TV during that time. I mean, you have to wait for the weekend for the NFL, no. uh, but you get a two weeks full of college football uh, that people care about, and they are a ratings bonanza. Uh, the gamblers too, don't forget about those guys.
1: Yeah, uh, they right. are. I mean,
3: Mike Morgan told me it's like you know you'll have a bowl game between two group of five teams that will outdraw like a, a big time college basketball matchup during December. It's just. That's why ESPN gets behind so many because it's awesome programming and it, it, mm-hmm. it makes the money, uh, you know, regardless of the half empty stadiums. And gosh, I saw a Bahamas Bowl one time. I think there were five. I think I counted five people in the stands uh, <laughs> the, the Bahamas Bowl. I'm like the, the fan bases got lost on the way to the stadium or just got too hammered to go. <laughs> They're sitting out by the pool. Ah, the game's on TV. We'll just check it here. It's fine. It's Mm -hmm. hot over there, you know, that kind of thing. So, (laughs) you know, that's the deal. Um, Quantra says JC are the rules stricter with media access to South Carolina when it comes to spring practice footage. Saw some other schools on YouTube have, like, 30 minutes of practice footage available. Depends on the coach. Um, I know that Beamer is much more like Will Muschamp than Steve Spurrier as far as that goes. Uh, his dad's probably the same way, you know, and Kirby smart and Lee, I mean, nobody's going to certain practices and, uh, <clears throat> filming Kirby smarts team. I can tell you that right now, but, uh, uh, I don't find it restrictive. I I, 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 think Steve Fink does a great job he and his crew with what they do. There's been very few times, uh, over the years and Big Spur has been around for 16 years that, uh, and Steve's been there the whole time, and there's been, um, I don't know, that there's been anything that that we haven't been able to do coverage-wise that's affected our coverage. Uh, And they do open the first little minute, so a few minutes for people can get B-roll, the TV stations, and, you know, you go out there and report or whatever. Uh, I don't have a problem with it that way. Uh, And I didn't have a problem with how Spurrier did it, other than at the time I was the guy that had to go to practice. So all spring, I mean, you can't watch practice, but so many times, and then you're like, ah, oh, yeah, here they go. Now they're working on. Now they're now they're stretching. Now they're doing this. Um, but uh, you know, Steve, Steve opened them up until one day somebody shot a video, uh, and it got on the internet. I don't think think Spurrier realized the tech, the technology called up. He's like, shoot, I don't, I don't buy you. They're showing our shifts and everything. I, I'm stopped. No more. <laughs> And he'd still let people in, you know, because his philosophy was, well, there's going to be fans in the stands at the game anyway. And I think he thought – I mean, think about this. Florida's practices were always wide open because there was an old-time Gator fan that watched every practice with Spur was there. And one of the first things Zook did during that spring after he took over was kick him out. (laughs) He kicked him out. Oh, shoot, that's Harold. Shoot, let Harold watch. Come on now. Uh, but uh, you know, Spurrier did not care because I think he thought, well, what are they going to do? Because it's, it's my play calling that makes things go, you know. And and I think the shifts, you know, there weren't people in there with cameras, you know. So the ability of of me or you or anybody else to sit there or anybody really, maybe Clemson's defensive coordinator since he is a genius and all that, right? God will. Remember they were like, he's a photographic memory. He's Brent Venable's brain. Yeah. <laughs> and he had a pretty good year actually. He's he's a pretty good coach. But uh but maybe maybe a guy like that that's like a savant could memorize what you're doing and, and get a mental picture of it. But you know, back then you know, there are very few camera phones and, and things like that, and the ones they had were crappy. But boy oh boy, when he got to Carolina and opened it up and everybody's like, Oh shoot and he still opened one. Must have had one scrimmage open, I think, the entire time he was there, and it was his first year, and then he closed mm-hmm. them all up. And Beamer has had no open scrimmages, so uh, I, I, I think it. And like I said, it depends on the head coach. So that's the deal uh, there. Um, Bruin Nation, Gamecock Barbecue. Why is our athletic department so cheap in recruiting? Is it Tanner's fault? Fire Ray Tanner. <laughs> They're not. Are you talking about the article that we shot down the other day? <laughs> that's money spent not uh budget money spent That's and right. south carolina is within what $190,000 of ohio state in money spent 190 grand is a drop in the bucket that could be the difference between having uh official visit weekends spread out over 3 weeks instead of 4 you know yeah. so south carolina spent just as much as ohio state I don't care. South
2: Carolina is <laughs> high in recruiting efficiency.
3: Yeah, and, and that number, too, if you look at how they put it together, it's, uh, they, they factor in the cost of the school uh, planes and stuff. And I think Georgia may have bought Kirby a helicopter. <laughs> I'm not positive, but I think they may have bought that helicopter because, man, how did they get to $4.5 million? I mean, I know their official visits are lavish, but so, are, so is everybody else. I mean, you can only buy so much filet mignon, you know? And I know, I know there's that talk. Well, Texas spent this much on Arch Manning's trip and yeah, but you know, <laughs> yeah.
2: But it costs a I, I lot think- of money. It costs more money to go to California than it does to the DMV.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, and, and schools, you know, I mean, but I, I just, I I just don't think it's not cheap uh, Bruin. I mean, that's a, that's a false narrative. How about that? Uh, and, and I'm not I'm not getting on Brad for what he said either. That's not you know, Brad's entitled to his opinion and, and I understand the gist of what he was saying. He was trying to say, hey, Beamer's recruiting this well and, and Carolina's not spending as
2: Yeah. Oh, Jay Z. What happened? All so, right, y'all, you know, it was time for a break. We're going to see if we can't get J.C.'s mic fixed back up, and we will see you after these messages.
5: Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope's State Farm insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service. Service you deserve at the price you want so try combining your home life, auto and or small business insurance today tony pope state farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area once again tony pope state farm will help you mix and match perfectly call 843-851-2222 or visit tonypope.com today like a good neighbor state farm is there
3: if you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Sear Fossil, of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Sirfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs.
5: NMLS 2229 L-O-N-M-L-S 1772-182
6: Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy?
2: Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests.
3: Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues. And I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stoneblatton.
6: Hey JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Everton has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call
0: 843-699-1001 or HeritageDigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them stone's sake. This is Freshman All-American, Nicky Memorial of the Carolina Gamecocks, and you are listening to the show with JC and Phil.
2: Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia, 803 446 4662. Is how to get in touch with John Barber and his team to set up a no obligation consultation to talk about how they can get some more sunshine into your life this summer.
6: Yay. Yeah. Okay.
2: So I was, I kind of thought there was a lot of sarcasm in, in Bruin's comments. I was it like, yeah, me, you know, it yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, back on the soapbox. Ah, not this. That's all right. said not this again.
2: And it's my understanding that Brad's article was not talking about budgets but expenditures, which is, am I correct in no. that?
3: Yeah, the USA Today article was too. The problem yeah. was it wasn't Brad's article necessarily, it was the USA Today guy. He kept saying budget. He used the word budget over and over again. And it's not, it's not, you know, I mean, you, you, I don't understand the. I mean, I think it's probably just careless, uh, more so than intellectual dishonesty. But I, I think it's kind of careless to say that because this just not accurate. And you're uh, allegedly, if you're the news, if you're a newspaper reporter,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you're
3: supposed to be accurate. You're held to the highest standards, of the, not like some team site, you know, and that kind of thing. So, like King um, television. Here. <laughs> David Klon- David Kloninger wouldn't wouldn't write something like that that was inaccurate. You know, he'd figure it out too. Because you know what? He's good at his job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, most of the guys on the beat around here are good at their jobs, you know. Um, I can't say that about the, the USA Today guy that wrote that article. And, and, and USA Today does that every year. Uh, they kind of pull uh, the, the money, and, and they call it a budget every single year, and it's ridiculous. Uh, and I think this year uh, they're on kind of the war path about Title IX about men's and women's basketball, and, and, you know, they're beating that drum pretty good. And uh, I thought that uh, the article they wrote about that particular, uh, you know, there's a lot of nuance in Title IX, right? It's not just as cut and dry as some of the activists want you to believe. Uh, for example, nobody takes football into account, you know, and the, the, the need for that many scholarships on the, on the guy side and the fact that there is not an equivalent women's sport out there. I mean, you want to know why why schools start programs like lacrosse, you know, because that eats up some scholarships and stuff. And I I think that, you know, while what the NCAA, you know, deserves some heat for what they did with the women's tournament a couple of years ago on the cheap, while the men were kind of the lavish thing or whatever. um, I think that that was legit criticism, you know, because that's that kind of stuff supposed to be equal uh but you know if you dig into title line a little bit more uh yeah it is the law but you know like i said there's no all this reporting and griping and finger pointing at all these going, they do this and they they're they're biased and sexist or whatever when you when you take when you don't when you don't even acknowledge football and and and, and how that makes things challenging uh, th- then you don't have a grasp of the subject and, and that's the bottom line i think with anybody that's out there spewing all this crap about Title Nine this, Title IX that, and blah, blah, blah. And then don't get me started on the academic end of that thing and the due, lack of due process with some stuff and, and all that. That's a political talking point I won't go to right now. But uh, I do think that um, any Title IX discussion needs to start with football. And bottom line is, too, you can gripe about football all you want, but football funds all the other sports, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Every other sport except men's basketball operates at a big loss, you know? So like Dawn Staley, what her team gets, uh, a lot of that money comes from revenue from the football program. That's just the fact. Uh, so I don't know what you want to do. You know, I, I don't know how, you know, you, you want to, you know, break football off and make it its own thing. And then everybody can hold hands and sing Kumbaya and everything's the same. That's fine. But if a football program is autonomous from an athletic department in at a university, and they're just kind of like, like let's say they're a private organization, football, let's say Carolina football breaks off, right? And all these football programs break off and they're affiliated with the university. So they license and it's the foot, the, the, the university's team, but they control themselves. Uh, you, you divide it up into a separate entity like that. How fired up are the, is, is an autonomous football program going to be? to give the millions of dollars it takes to fund women's women's sports and other men's sports uh, on an annual basis if they don't have to.
2: Yeah. So. On a (laughs) lot of damn uh, candy bars and and bake sales for fundraisers.
3: (laughs) No doubt. World's (laughs) finest chocolate, you know. So uh, all about the headline now, Quantrell says, buns, no burger.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, you're right, Quantrell, it is. It's all click, 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 more clicks, more clicks, more
3: clicks. Yeah. Charles, uh, Charles says the dumb part of the recruiting budget article is it doesn't take into effect why some of these schools must budget more. Well, yeah, but it, again, it's not a budget. It, the, 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 budgeting part of it is, I, I wish, Hey, look, and if, if Carolina's budget was significantly below some of its peers, like in other words, your budget is how much you can spend. So if it was significantly lower, uh, than I, I you know, in, in compared to some other schools, um, that's fine, but, but it's money spent. And so and here, and here's the other part of that. Uh, like I said, Carolina was within $200,000 of the Ohio State University. Uh, they recruit nationally. And I'll also say this, the money spent portion of it, if you look through the years, you know, Carolina, and obviously when the pandemic was happening and no, nobody could go on the road for half a year or whatever, they spent very little, you know, and a lot of schools yeah. did. And this past year under Beamer, as the recruiting base has kind of grown under the new staff, uh, it was the first time in that whatever six-year period that they tracked that Carolina was above a million dollars. <laughs> and also, keep in mind, schools with private jets spend more. South Carolina does not have a jet. They don't have their own jet. Uh, my brother is a pilot. He flies private jets. They are much more expensive than the prop the Gamecocks have. So a lot of that's probably jet fuel, and and, and and the cost of fuel obviously went way up this past year. You know, I, I would be curious to know how Georgia four point five million. So uh, I would be curious in that. So anyway, Phil, uh, let's cut it short. Let's let's roll. Uh, take I got a call. I got to take. So get us out of here, and we'll be back
1: tomorrow inside the Game Pass the show. Hello.